This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here on this lovely Friday morning. I am once again very excited, very grateful to be joined by not just by one guest, but I have two guests today uh, that we're going live with uh, on radio. And uh, so what I'm going to do before I turn it over to Unscripted Dialogue, as I always do, with my guests, Dennis Carmichael and Paul Wilson, also for, uh, radio show hosts themselves, is I'm just going to plug a little bit about their joint bio here, and then we're going to turn it over, like I say, to Unscripted Dialogue. So thanks again for tuning in. Carpe Diem here with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Very, very grateful to have you joining us. So the DC and the Beeb Show, Paul Wilson, a successful disc jockey and the originator of the Beeb.rocks internet radio station, and Dennis Carmichael, who is a professional musician, producer, broadcaster, work together for two hours every weekday morning between 9 to 11 a.m., bringing the DC and the Beeb Show to life, drawing an average of around 6,500 listeners to the website or to either the Apple app or Android app each day. The show is really a model of anything that goes talk radio format that includes interviews, debates during the last federal election to hosting the gang from City TV visiting Fenelon Falls last summer to interviews with celeb musicians like Alan Doyle from Great Big C. These two have managed to bring a format made famous by legends like Howard Stern or Humble and Fred to a more focused local small town internet radio format that is growing day to day, week to week. Carmichael, a local musician, started his relationship with Paul many years ago while Paul was promoting shows at a club that Carmichael's band was playing at. Although the two had much in common and both remembered a good night that night many years ago, it would be another decade before another by chance meeting, and this time the conversation was centered around how Wilson had recently started an online radio station at that time called CKLR, or the City of Kawartha Lakes Radio. Carmichael, being a producer and a broadcasting graduate, was intrigued to say the least. It presented an amazing opportunity to grow my commercial producing and a chance to go back on air after spending two years working swing shifts at Rock 95 FM out of Barrie, Ontario, says Carmichael. As of June of 2015, the DC and the Beef show was born. Paul programs music throughout the day, and Carmichael produces much of the ads, and the two come together for their own show each morning. This is just the beginning, as the guys are increasing programming for on-air as well, as now staffing a full-time promotions manager, full-time sales director, and even a co-op student. Wilson says, we do everything that your corporate stations do, but right now on a smaller scale, and programming we feel is far more real, fun, and interesting. With big plans to grow soon into adding video to the DC and the Beeb show, the Beeb.rocks will soon be offering a full audio and video commercial production facility. Carmichael adds, we know the direction that multimedia marketing is going, and we fully intend to be there waiting for our customer when they come to the conclusion that this is indeed the future of broadcasting around the world. So for the time being, their show has been heard in 101 different countries, and their fan base is growing by the week. The feedback they get on a regular basis comes from Canadians living around the world who 
who just love to hear a small town take on what's happening in their country while they're away. So, gentlemen, I want to say thank you very much for joining me. Dennis, Paul, how are you this morning? Holy crap, I said a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to see that show. I want to hear that show. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? The reason uh, our listeners wouldn't necessarily know this, but you do, obviously. The reason why I invited you both to come on the show, not only because of the phenomenal job you do with your own network, but the fact that you were gracious enough to have invited me as your guest quite some time ago. And I just had a blast with you. I thought you were both very interesting, both very funny, witty, quick on your feet, and I just love how inspirational and positive you were. So thank you for coming full circle with me on my show, Carpe Diem. Well, thank you, you Lisa. See, you, should, you should see it when I actually have pants on. Oh! <laughs> uh, you said you weren't going to say that, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> actually, I'm actually, we had a... We had a whole April Fool's spoof because we thought we were going to be on uh, video this morning on Skype. We assumed on Skype. So, uh-huh. and then we found out at the last minute that we don't, we're not actual videos. So we had to take our costumes off. And I, I just don't know if Paul's actually put his pants back. I've, on. <laughs> I've still got my, pink, I've still got my giant pink flamingo costume on. Yeah, oh, I, I'm so disappointed I'll, that I can get to see that. I'm sure that I'll, I'll send you a pic. Okay, yeah. well, I, I'm I'm counting on you for that. <laughs> but yeah, so, thank you very much for having us. This is great. Well, this is great, and of course, this is a little bit different to kind of maneuver because there's you know the three of us here, so we want to make sure that we're not interrupting and overlapping here with conversation. Mm-hmm. So what I'm what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, and your bio does speak to how you both came together, and I think it's a phenomenal, lovely story. And as you know from my having appeared as a guest on your show, I don't believe in coincidences. So the fact that you reconnected, you know, a decade later and it turned into this i think that's amazing and obviously very much aligned for both of you in your journey of where you're meant to travel and be currently so i just want to say good on you and uh and as a as a radio person what what i'm particularly interested to know as uh, we share this in common um and we'll start with you dennis can you maybe talk to me a little bit about you know, did you know from the beginning uh, at a certain time in your life that, you know, you had a presence, you had a voice, a message in which you wanted to impart to the world? And and what is it about radio specifically as opposed to TV or any other type of media format uh, that makes this really, you know, that you're impassioned by, that this is something that you endeavor to do, you love right. it, you're really good at it? So can we talk a little bit about that from your perspective? Yeah, yeah, well, it's... It's interesting because um, when you talked about Paul and I and our journey, it's 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 always fascinated me because every time Paul and I met, and we had met a couple of times, um, we had so much in common. Now we live in the same locale, but we are literally like he went to a different high school and he's he's several years younger than me. But I <laughs> always loved Paul's energy and the fact that he was willing to try things that I at the same time, wanted to try. And obviously, yeah, just to sort of round up, when he started this radio station, I was just like, wow, man, I, I don't care if you don't pay me. I don't care what I got to do to get involved. But I, this is exactly, and I think I told you that too, Paul. I was thinking of doing the exact same thing. He had taken the model that I was kind of thinking about and already made that a reality. But, yeah, and like Paul will, will tell you the same thing about himself, I started doing this with a with a reel-to-reel tape recorder when I was still like five, six, seven years old. I have recordings of me um, reading the television guide and saying, "Okay, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing against the Detroit Red Wings tonight," and here and and just go through the list. They used to list all the players that were playing, 
Uh-huh. So I would just literally read and record everything that I put just so I could listen back to it. Um, I was always making tapes in my bedroom. Uh, I was, I was creating my own instruments and recording them. And, and I've, I've gone on to actually, like I, I've done dozens of demos and, and have my own recording studio. All that stuff flourished into it. But internet radio, I, to be quite honest with you, Lisa, when I worked at, at a regular terrestrial FM station, it was the most, uh, stifling thing I had ever done creatively. It was like, don't say this, don't do this, don't talk about that. Only talk about this, uh, you know what I mean? Sort of like, just get really good at reading the weather. And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> I, I don't want to spend a career saying, hey, it's going to be a beautiful day today. Like, you know, um, so well, in, Paul- addition, in addition to that, then you end up looking like a liar. It's the one job that you can be wrong 90% of the time and never get fired, right? Well, yeah, exactly. You never have an excuse. I, Rick Halson said this to me in radio school, and it makes so much sense. Anybody on radio never has an excuse to be stupid because you don't have to open your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sort of the opposite end of that was was Paul's idea and the freedom and the creativity that it, it lended. And it just so happened that it is really, I really do believe in that statement I said about this is the future. This is where it's going. So I was more than happy to be uh, to partner up with Paul and, and get involved in this venture. Yeah. Fantastic. And Paul, what I'd like to ask you is, you know, how would your listeners characterize or even yourself from your own perspective? What makes Dennis Dennis? What makes you Paul Paul? But what brings you together that makes your show uh, what it is? So how are you different? How are you similar? And what what are the different qualities that you each bring that complement one another? Dennis and I are frickin' frack. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's basically, it comes down to it. He's my Aussie. I'm his Harriet. Um, we feed off each other when the microphone's on. Uh, it's just a quick glance. It's anything like that. And we, we get into a, a, a mode we get into and it's to the point where we're almost on the floor laughing at ourselves. And, uh-huh. and that, and that draws the listener in because we, we put a lot of our personal, um, history out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've, I'm very honest about a, a certain, uh, time in my life that, uh, that I, I went astray. And I'm very honest about it with the listeners. I tell them about it, and I experience it. And I, 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 I tell people out there, you've got to pay attention to your life and this this certain situation. Uh, I learned from it. Well, let's hear a little bit about uh, that. You're obviously you are comfortable to share it with your own listeners. I, my listeners, surely. Dennis, you're too loud. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so Paul. I what, tell what them you... that every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your story, Paul? Uh, my story is I was uh, addicted to cocaine at the age of 18. And, wow. Uh, I, I got uh, into a, a very large drug bust in a very small rural area here, uh, which labeled me in the mm-hmm. community. And I, I've lived with it ever since. And I've stood proud. And people still, uh, I have people say, oh, you're the drug addict in town. I'm like, this has been 28 years. And they're just getting me. In. Yeah. And I just, I stand here and do what I do. If you don't like it, don't do it. Don't don't be here, but if, you know I'm here to do what I'm doing. I'm trying to do something for our city, and that's where I started from five years ago. And I tell people you've got to pay attention to. Uh, I'm, I'm an I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm an addict, and that's that's the fact. But I'm still and- the biggest drug dealer of the city of Fort the Lakes. But you know it's it's I'm labeled. So what what was the catalyst for you that took you into a 28 year sobriety? Uh, it was just a police officer, a friend of my family, came to me 
said some uh, amazing words to me, and I quit cold turkey. And, uh, like, basically, because they were fully aware of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I actually had to go to court, and I ended up spending some time in prison. But my my dad, who was my best friend in the whole world, stood behind me in court the whole time when the whole town dropped me. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that there, I knew I had my dad behind me. I just kept trudging on. Fantastic. And what do you think led you to a life of cocaine? Uh, it was I was in the in the uh, in the environment. I was uh, 18 years of age. I was been working in bars for three years, DJing and parties all over the place. And it just uh, it made me the character that I became, and then I became addicted. Wow. And so, who is Paul without the cocaine? Uh, he's uh, he's Dennis's uh, Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, and but so- uh, but basically, we feed off each other, and uh, it's just it's, it's great because he does an amazing job at research when we get into a topic, and uh, I put another another side to everything that we discuss uh, opposite his, and we just feed off each other. We agree or we disagree, and uh, the listeners uh, get engulfed into our conversation and listen and 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 uh, respond. Well, I want to thank you very much, Paul, for being raw and candid about that. Uh, and, you know, it's it's as I talk about quite often, either by myself when I go solo on radio or with fellow guests, uh, you know, generally speaking, majority of the people who have risen in the ranks of whatever it is they endeavor to do that they're passionate about or have made a meaningful, profound impact on the lives of others, it's usually derived out of a place of darkness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Dennis, do you have anything you wish to contribute to that? As far as your your own story? Uh, My name is Dennis, and I'm an addict. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I am kidding. I'm not kidding at the same time. Actually, yeah, I agree with what you're saying 100%, Lisa. We both, uh, although Paul didn't mention anything about me, I I am also a recovering addict, although Paul and I never never had an opportunity to to sort of experience the funner end of being an addict back in those days, but... (laughs) We've never had we've never had dinner together either. So no, that's right. But no, I mean uh, when when you're an addict and you're in the throes of addiction, okay, um, there is a sense of reality that you experience, but it isn't really real to everybody else. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I, when I talk about my addiction, I never say that it was all bad because it wasn't all bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I recovered and I had an opportunity to look back at it, uh, I realized, obviously, through my relationship with Paul, again, that was one of the major things that we had in common that came together very um, organically because neither one of us knew that about each other when we started our relationship. So when he talks about that sort of being cast under that, you know, that small town, it's like, oh, boy, because... We have a, we had a local paper in our town of like you know fifteen thousand people that used to every time somebody went to court, you know the whole town would read it and then everybody in the town knew and they cast their opinion on you and you sort of either stayed and and dealt with it or a lot I know a lot of people that ended up in that paper and they just left you know what right. I mean mm-hmm. it was easier to leave the town than it was to uh, try to try to work their way through it but yeah so it was very organic uh when we both realized we that each other was a recovering addict and that we had these dreams and it's been very healthy for us uh both of us in that uh recovery process to have this creative outlet but yeah being a musician uh being in this 
environment where it's so readily available, where it's, uh, you know, just watch vinyl, you know, the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not only a, a killer drug, but it was, it was used as a trophy, you know, in the business back in those days. Where it was like, uh, hey, you must be making it because you're not asking, you know, you've got all these drugs and you're not asking for any money. So you must be making it. You know what I mean? Like such mm-hmm. a twisted idea of what success is supposed to be. And yeah, you start to emulate that. The next thing you know, you've got, you have a real serious problem uh, that you didn't really start out to have. But unfortunately, that's where it ends up. So. So what I would like to know is which cartel is funding your network? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Paul's left pocket. Yeah, Paul's left pocket. That's it. Well, I want to commend you both on your recovery. I want to commend you both on being, once again, raw and candid. And, uh, you know, because we are a population of people who, you know, people are afflicted by various things, whether it be drugs, uh, whether it be depression, whether it be eating disorders, whether it be abuse. Uh, and, you know, that there's a whole spectrum of that. So, you know, I think for... You know, when we have a platform such as radio and we have a voice and we've obviously done the work, we've reinvented ourselves and, uh, you know, trying to turn darkness into brightness, you know, you never know who's tuning into you, who's afflicted with similar problems. Or in your case, Paul, the police officer who imparted some very impressionable words that turned you into, uh, you know, a, a person who was able to aspire to have 28 years of sobriety. And so, you know, you never quite know the impact that you have on other people by being very raw and candid and sharing your story. So I want to thank you both for doing that because I've got a different listenership audience who I'm sure is benefiting from this and it probably is very immensely grateful to you. Well, we actually had uh, 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 one day, one airing that uh, we discussed because we were discussing about the fentanyl patch syndrome going across the country and how bad it's getting. Uh, we actually had a listener from BC contact us the next day saying, thank you so much for being so candid and open to both of us about our situation. That's where it sort of came from together on the air in a conversation. Dennis and I came to the realization that we both had uh, addictions from before. And, uh, the That's true, yeah. BC, and these listeners in BC were like just floored that they're hearing this and they, that we are being so candid and they thanked us so much. Wonderful. I'm really happy to hear that. That's, and, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the serious stuff of it. But the rest of the time we're usually laughing and carrying on. So, Well, and that's what I'd like to segue into. So, you know, apparently, and from what you've shared, you know, your show is like a smorgasbord of whatever goes. And I love that. I mean, this is why I endeavor to do unscripted dialogue. I think it's the most type of authentic conversation you can have. You don't know where you're going with the conversation. Things get shared that otherwise wouldn't if it was just a QA. and a And so, you know, where where does your material come from? How do you go about getting guests? How do you decide upon, you know, like, do you make it theme-related if there's something coming up? Uh, do, you, do you speak to the news? Uh, you know, how do you dabble that? How do you balance that? Uh, Dennis, you want to take that? Sure. Um, well, at this point, uh, I mean, our short-term, I mean, we, we so much of this was um, sort of the, the growth process of this show. It's like, okay, first of all, Let's just get good at doing what we do on air every day. Um, we, in all honesty, we haven't had a lot of guests. We're getting more now. Uh, we're, we're increasing our team. That's why I was really happy, you know, that you offered the, the idea of giving us a sort of up to date bio because 
it's a big deal to us to now have a promotions director on board, uh, to have a sales director on board where we can actually start to reach out to people uh, as far as the interviews and stuff like that. Um, you need a team to do that. It's either you do it really, really small or you, or you sort of need a team behind you. Uh, because we have a daily show, um, I mean, it, it, we would need an entire team to have a guest here every day to be able to do this. You know what it's like, Lisa, to be able to do this once a week. Absolutely. Um, so doing it two hours every morning in a small town where you're not going to get people to drive, you know, from, you know, two hours north to Toronto to do uh, a half hour interview. Uh, we could do it on the phones and stuff. So we're now in the transitioning point, uh, as I said in the bio, of trying to really start to organize that in. But yeah, our first goal was just to get good, get comfortable and be proficient on air so that we didn't just sound like we didn't have a clue what we were doing and uh, you know, we were just kind of on there for to listen to our own voices. So when we realized from the feedback that we were getting, like a lot of expats basically saying, guys, you have no idea how good it feels to listen to a couple of small town guys give their perspective on what's going on in, in the country at this time. We didn't even know that that would sort of end up being where a lot of our people that listen to us every day, that's what they want to hear. It's kind of like, you know, I'm in Dubai or I'm in uh, Switzerland or I'm in uh, Hong Kong or whatever. And I just love listening to you guys because it's like I'm I'm a part of a conversation and I'm back at home again where they're just not going to get that anywhere else. And also, if I may add, that consistently keeping our, our sort of theme of our show as being anything goes consistently, people know when they listen to us. That they don't, they never know what they're going to hear. So it's never going to be sort of be boring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. morning, this morning, for example, uh, during a break, we have, uh, three breaks throughout the show. I just happened to catch a video on Facebook or a photo and a little, a little uh, conversation that someone posted slamming our prime minister and uh, complaining about the refugees and stuff. We completely off the cuff when we came back after that break spent 22 minutes and rounded a complete story around just those pictures to bring it right back around again to say, look, our prime minister is one person. He's got a team. He's got, it's going to take a couple of years to get things organized, to get things done. Stop slamming and research and understand it's not just him. We have a government in place. Fantastic. Well, good for you. And, and I mean, we know as people who do radio, I mean, from the, the glitches, you know, things kind of going south with connection to sometimes, yeah. you know, guests just don't show up or, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that can happen at the last minute that can throw a wrench in your entire, uh, approach to how you're going into your show. And so, um, yeah, you do have to be quick on your feet and you have to be able to improvise and you have to be able to be creative. And I think, Fortunately for you two, uh, you know, there's probably times where when those things surface, you're grateful that you've got each other to bounce off of, right? You're yes. not holding the bag by yourself. That's been Absolutely. my situation, and it's tough. It is. It's challenging, but, you know, you learn, you learn and grow from that. You learn and grow from that, and, uh, you know, it, you, you carry that over into other aspects of solution-focused thinking and being strategic and, uh, you know, just keeping your mind open to just being resilient and dealing with things and making the best of it, right? Well, Paul, how many times when we first started the show, like for the first month, we would do two hours, and I would literally go home and power nap for like 90 minutes after every show. It's I just, bet. Our, our adrenaline, yeah. Yeah, just being on that adrenaline and, and in that sort of moment 
uh, where you're completely 100% focused for two hours. It's exhausting. It really mm-hmm. is exhausting. Um, on that regular FM radio, um, on a regular hot clock, for example, for example, you would say you might talk what maybe three minutes in an hour. You know, mm-hmm. three minutes. Like when I think about three minutes now, <laughs> I literally laugh because it's like I used to get worried about three minutes. <laughs> Now, you know, we're doing closer to 90 or, or 95, 100 minutes uh, every day. So, yeah, uh-huh. it really exercises that part of your brain. But it is exhausting. I, I give you full kudos, Lisa, to do what you do by yourself. And you're right. The technical issues can really make a great day into a horrible day in a matter of seconds sometimes uh, because all your best laid plans just go right out the window. <laughs> right, right. But uh, but obviously we're the type of personalities where we can just deal with it, right? The show must go on, and, and so it does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, in terms of, and again, you know, not to piggyback off what was mentioned in the bio, but, you know, I, I kind of looking for a little bit more of a detailed answer. So, I mean, clearly what you do is creative, creatively based. And, you know, you're both obviously visionaries or you wouldn't even have built this up from the ground up. So, you know, what do you foresee for yourself when you look at the future of radio, media, podcasts, all of this, you know, where, what's the fit for you with the vision of your network? Paul, do you want to go? Uh, where I see it going is terrestrial is going to, I feel, as AM changed or FM changed AM, eventually it's going to just roll off. It's going to be just something that's in the background. I believe that multimedia is going to take a forefront. It is already starting. The revolution is happening. It's just the public the public has to be educated to be able to use it mm-hmm. and see it. It has to be brought to the forefront. It's got to be it's, – it's, it's branding. Everything is branding now. Absolutely. And it's you got to get your brand out there. you got to get it done. And – other people will follow because there's 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 Facebook, there's uh, you know all all the social medias, there's there's uh, website and there's videos on your website. That's why we're going to be bringing in the cameras. We're going to be having a live podcast idea with a live broadcast going throughout the day. Wonderful. And so, what what would you say are fundamental, crucial ingredients? to be successful and not to just be like successful where you are today, but to constantly work towards evolving and improving and being fresh and being current and, you know, being completely outside of the box, discarding the box altogether. So, you know, what do you think for anybody who does what we do? What do you think is essential? Drink oh. lots of coffee. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It's, I, I, um, it, it, in my research for the show with Paul and I, um, I, I have studied the idea of branding and I have found that, you know, the, the futuristic thinkers, the, the, the big brains out there are saying essentially that branding has become, uh, really a story that people need to be able to get emotionally involved in. Okay. Absolutely. So Paul and I have a story. I mean, we don't come on every day and say, you know, like I joked at the beginning, right? My dad was in AA for, my whole life. I, I was going to AA meetings with my father as a, as a recovering alcoholic from the time I can remember. So I feel I do. It's okay for me to joke about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I have a sense of humor and because I know they all do. So, and, but the point is you, you have to get people to emotionally invest in what you do. And part of that process, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, is that you need to be there for them. Okay. So that means doing what you do. Don't give up just because 
you know, just because there's a certain amount of population, let, let's look at it in, in the numbers of the world now, not just your community. If there's whatever, 5 billion people in the world, if you can get 1% of the people that enjoy what you do and you're consistently there for them, you know, how can you not succeed if you have any creative element to what you're doing at all? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's what, you know, one of my best buddies who's, who's just come on, a guy, Brooks Robinson is our promotion director and he's a guy that I've, I've worked in bands with for over 30 years and he's one of the best creative minds I've ever known. But he says that to Paul, you know, when Paul and I have a bad day, he's always there to say, look guys, 1%. And he, all he has to do is say 1% and we sort of reset and go, yeah, you're right. That 1% will be there for us as long as we are there for them. And then, you know, as the numbers grow and the advertisers, see, our goal, we figure, is that advertisers need to have somewhere to go. Now, Mm -hmm. as Lindsay lost its newspaper, Lindsay's radio station has gone completely corporate, so there's very little local, there's very little anything on there than the same, I mean, as you know, it's called Bob FM, so... When you drive down the 401, you have Bob FM and Lindsay. And then if you go far enough east, you'll hit another Bob FM in Kingston. And you keep going east and you'll hit another. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's just the same regurgitated stuff. So people are looking for an alternative. And now that you have Wi-Fi, you know, and General Motors vehicles have Wi-Fi hotspots in them, it's just a matter of time before you're literally going to be able to get in your car or truck and say, you know, now I'm leaving the house. I want to continue listening to DC and the Beeb. So... I press this button and there they are, you know, and that's, what, thing of, yeah, that's what we want to be ready for. That's essentially where we want to be. Yeah. We're going to be prepared for it. And what hit me, uh, this is now going into the sixth year that I started this story with a laptop, an Xbox headset and CDs being crammed in or ripping them real fast over Facebook. Wow. Uh, as, as in my, in my, in a farmhouse on a coffee table in the games room. And Good for you. And it's now we've got 1,600 square feet. We've got uh, water frontage here in a, in a beautiful uh, cottage area where we have thousands. Like our population goes from 1,600 of Benland Falls to approximately 10 to 12,000 people overnight on day long weekend. So Wonderful. it goes, yeah. So now it all started. I had a friend of mine who is, uh, who I grew up with around here. He's moved back to Sweden. I got an email from him because we had email requests to start off with. And he says, hey, Paul, can you play me ZZ Top Legs? I said, sure, Stefan, no problem. He sent back the message. So I get on the air, and I do it. And uh, I get a video back. He's driving in his brand-new Volvo down the highway in Sweden. And it's a video of him. He goes, dude, check this out. And he turns, <laughs> his, phone, turns his phone around, and there's City of Puerto Lakes Radio on his dash. He says, wow. we don't have FM anymore. It's all free Wi-Fi in our country. So he's wow. listening in his car, and I'm listening to myself doing out the, the, the sounder to him and the call-out and the shout-out. And I was like, he says, it's happening, man. This is great. And I, I stuck by the fact that I said, in manufacturing, this is back about five years ago, the automobile industry is going to start putting Wi-Fi in vehicles. And when that happens, this industry is going to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was ahead of the curve. We were ahead of the curve. And we are trying to stay on the cusp of it and get ahead. And we've done this with absolutely no funding. We have learned as we've gone along, and we have persevered a lot. But it is coming back in in spades from our listeners. Fantastic. 
Well, I'm really, what a lovely story. I'm very proud of both of you. I'm very happy for both of you. And, you know, and for the show that you do, you know, people sometimes forget the amount of hours that are expended and the energy that's expended to put together, you know, two hours or half an hour or an hour, whatever it is, the length of your show is, whatever it is, your format, your platform, you know, people don't take into account, even though, for example, this is an unscripted show, as is yours, uh, you know, there's still a lot of behind the scenes work that you have to do to set up, whether it's research, whether it's actually, you know, hitting the, the ground running and trying to secure guests uh, and trying to, you know, exponentially raise your own game, you know, trying to offer variety, really taking note of what it is that people say that they want, looking at trends that are in the community and society at a global level. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes to put together even something that's spontaneous and improvised and unscripted. There's still a lot of balls that you have to juggle to pull that off. And so for the story that you've shared and the inception of that and now your listenership and the testimonials and whatnot, I mean, that's fantastic. That's amazing. You should be very proud of yourselves. I have been in other places, uh, like other villages, other town cities, whatever, and I can be standing there having a conversation, and I have people turn to me and go, oh, my God, you're the beef. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they know the voice. They know the voice. (laughs) Yeah. It, It freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's funny because you, one of the big reactions that we get when we turn people onto it, uh, onto the show and they listen to the show and then the next time they see you or, or they throw you a Facebook message, they go, dude, it sounds just like a real radio station. (laughs) (laughs) And you, you kind of go, well, you've been wondering what we've been doing for the last, you know, however many years. (laughs) Right. That's a compliment, right? It's not so, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like it's not so, uh, such a drastic change from what they're normally, what, how they normally listen or whatever. It's just a different place to go listen. And we have the creative freedom. That's always been the draw. And I, and I love it. Like I, I search out stuff, uh, and so does Paul all the time. We're always looking at other people's work. Uh, I would love to have our show somewhere slotted in, you know, right behind Humble and Fred doing middays on satellite radio. That would be awesome. You know, mm-hmm. so. Maybe that would be a goal that we can we can look at, uh, or maybe the goal at some point is creating this model, getting it to be a complete success, and then saying, okay, now we can sell this model, almost like a, not necessarily a franchise, but if somebody in another locale is doing it, we can come in and work, uh, as we get later in years, we can work as consultants and everything else. I just don't think this model is going to go away anytime soon. I really don't. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, Lisa, Lisa, I, yeah. sorry, I got to inter- interrupt for a second. Um, I have spent the past what half an hour with you now, forty minutes. Yeah. Um, I just got a call. I got to go to my cardiologist because my heart is breaking. I spent so much time with you. I have to cut out. <laughs> yeah, he's got a okay, cardiologist. No, appointment I have a cardiologist appointment this afternoon, this morning, and I have to go. And, okay, well, uh, Paul, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us, and uh, and you still owe me a coffee. Okay, well, you know, we're going to do that face-to-face and do the studio and all that at some point. I'm certainly setting my intentions on that. Okay, well, please take care of Dennis, and uh, he likes soft petting. Okay. (laughs) Well, good luck with with the heart, Paul, and thanks again. Yeah, bye. Bye Bye-bye. So, Dennis, you and I now. Okay, so there was three, and now there's two. Lovely. Okay, so... um, 
you know, in terms of talking about the creativity and the vision behind the show and keeping it fresh and current, the only way, as you know, that you can aspire to do that means you have to do the work on yourself, right? You've got to reinvent yourself. You've got to, you know, try to find different things to kind of switch things up for yourself uh, to make yourself that way that you infuse that into your show and it comes off with the listeners. So what do you do for yourself um, that puts you in a progressive mindset, a progressive going forward, forward thinking way that that emulates and, and comes through in your radio show? Well, um, I, I wouldn't be honest if I, if I said that it's, it's, you know, always roses and that it's, it's a wonderful place to be, uh, living in this sort of wonderful cloud of creativity because we can, we can use that creativity anytime we want. Um, but at the same time, because I mean, everybody has bad days, but, uh, I, I am into yoga. I'm into meditation. I try to get good sleep. Uh, on a regular basis, and, and you were talking about show prep and the work that goes into this every day. I usually get up at 5.30 in the morning and do at least two hours of show prep every day. Right. Uh, sorry, I have to leave. To, to, sorry, I just have to change locations here for a second. Sure. Um, so having said that, um, I try to keep myself very well rested, and I think it's important to do that in order to stay quick, like witty and quick and and sort of, um, I mean, you just can't come in here on two hours sleep and try to have a decent show. Why would you expect that of yourself kind of thing, right? Right. So we, uh, I, we both try to make sure we get as much sleep as we, as we can. And, and, uh, I get up early. I'm focused on the show from the time I get out of bed until we finally finish it. And then the rest of the day, I, I honestly try to just not think about it. Like I try not Mm -hmm. to just be 100% immersed in the show. Once the show's over, I don't look at anything. I don't talk about anything. I, I, like I said, I still do the power nap, not as long as I did in the beginning, but right. I still, I still like to just sort of have a complete relaxation and then sort of reset and then get on with the rest of my day. But, but uh, I also have a lot of other things going on too. I, I play it. I and and I have my responsibilities as far as the band is concerned. There's not a lot of crossover. Um, the guys in the band like the show. They listen to it periodically. Some of them listen to it more than others. Um, and we have used it to exploit the band a little bit. We do lots of fundraisers and stuff that we set up through the station. So there's a little bit of cross-pollination there, which, which you know, Paul has always been totally, totally open. He loves the band. He, he's always supported me as a musician for years and years. So, Fantastic. Um, so that part of it too, right? So, it, But, yeah, I love the creative element, Lisa. I really do. I, I've always felt comfortable there as far as my, my addiction goes. Yes, it may have spawned. You know where some of the problems started in the beginning, but it's it's also what's saved my life ultimately too. So I understand that. That's beautiful. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. And so when you look at other radio personalities, when you look at somebody you know who's at the echelon of the game, like a Howard Stern, you know what do you have to say about that? What you know? Do you think it's content? Do you think it's personality? Do you think it's like what, what do you think makes Howard Stern Howard Stern? I think honesty. I think yeah. it's it's so refreshing. Um, I first heard Howard Stern when he came on uh, Q107 because I had no other way of hearing him on terrestrial radio until he, he was picked up by Q. And, of course, on Q, it was only for a few hours in the morning. But I, I, I can remember the first week, because I still was working a day job at General Motors in Oshawa at the time, and being on the line, working on an assembly line every day, 
oh my god, it was so refreshing. I couldn't believe how fast those, whatever, three hours every morning went by because it was honest. The people that came on were honest. I never heard, uh, you know, a Holloway, a uh, Hollywood, uh, A-lister come on and be as honest for an hour on Howard Stern. I know, you know, you, you weren't hearing it on Good Morning America and you weren't hearing it on, uh, on Entertainment Tonight. And all of a sudden, you know, and I understand that, you know, he can be, he's not everybody's cup of tea. In, in fact, as I get older, I find some of his go-tos are, are almost beneath him, you know. Uh, but having said that, I also realized there were other people out there. Opie and Anthony were a big, uh, a big thing on me, not because of the shock jock, but because they were honest, you know. Mm-hmm. When you have two guys on a show, and I hope it never comes to this between Paul and I, but when you have two guys that work on a show together for 15 years, and all of a sudden you listen one morning and they're melting down on each other, you mm-hmm. know, for two hours. It's like, how can you, how do you shut that off? That's right. real life happening. Um, and that's kind of the way we are. It's like, I mean, we don't talk about our own lives, like to make it a part of the show, but we relate to everything that we talk about as our own person in complete honesty. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I never have to walk out of here and somebody walk up and go, that's not who you are. You don't do those things. It's like, whatever I say on the radio, what you see is what you get. So, Awesome. Um, you know, I, I love conversation. I love people. I find people interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, again, come back to the creativity aspect of it. I love, try, much like you do, Lisa, I follow you on Facebook. I see the inspiration that you push to people all the time. I love it. I think it's wonderful that when you're, I, I love to see a singer sing in front of people the first time. I love to see a guitar player play his first song in front of his family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've sort of I've always played that role in my life, and so has Paul. Uh, just creating outlets for people to, uh, you know, to exploit their creativity. So here we are, uh, back together, and 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 that's basically what we do on a regular basis. So. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Lovely. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about shock anymore. It seems like the, uh. Yeah, it's the reception's okay. getting a little fuzzy. I don't know if you want to go back to that original room. Okay, sure. Yeah. I'll try it. Yeah, Paul's dog's back there and Paul left and the dog started, started to cry and I didn't want him <laughs> on there crying. Aww. <laughs> he's got a little Jack Terrier that is, he's a part of our show every day actually. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, is that better? Much better, thank you. Okay, no problem. So, you know, Again, you never know what's going on on these shows, right? You got phones, you got dogs. So, you know, a lot of what I talk about, Dennis, is, uh, and pretty much, you know, my brand and going forward and what people would uh, be able to associate me with is living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald because, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to do. Uh, You okay there? Yeah, I'm totally good, yeah. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable in order to put yourself out there. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you know what I'm talking about with that. So, and, you know, and that does embody walking your talk and getting very clear on what your brand is, what your message is, what your, what the lesson is. And so, you know, was there any, what would you say are some of the fears that you've had to embrace and relinquish to emerge and evolve into the person you are today? Um, that's a very good question, Lisa. Um, I guess I guess my fears are that uh, somehow 
I don't know. That's kind of a that's a very interesting question because I lived so much in expanding, much like you, in, in trying to expand my comfort zone. I don't really worry about a whole lot anymore. Um, mm-hmm. As far as fears, I don't know. I don't really have any fears other than the fact that uh, something that we do would make somebody so angry that they would, you know, maybe start a campaign to try to get us not to be able to do our show anymore. I don't know. Like <laughs> most people that most people love what we're doing as far as, you know, the, the feedback that we don't, we don't really get a lot of negative feedback. So, I mean, there, I'm sure there's people out there that are, are, you know, may have a negative attitude towards what we do, but I haven't heard a whole lot about it yet. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe that would be a fear. If somebody went after me uh, on a personal basis, we don't involve too much uh, relative to our families so that might be a fear that somehow somebody, you know, if there's any kind of a kind of a, a strange obsession or something like that. But again, I don't really, I don't put a lot of energy into that. I don't put a lot of energy into anything negative, to be quite honest. Exactly. And that's where I was going with that because, you know, action does follow thought. And if your goal ultimately, and if it's incorporated into your DNA, is to be the type of person who always tries to operate within their highest vibrational level, you know, you're really not giving the time and energy to the what ifs and the hypotheticals that could reverse and undo everything that you, you monumentally stand for or profess to stand for, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I believe, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. So uh, it's no stretch to say that our philosophies in a lot of ways overlap. With, with they do. Saying, yeah. They do. Because I follow you as well, Dennis. And, uh, you know, and I love the interview that we had together on your show. And I was so immensely grateful for that. And, uh, you know, you just you're very eloquent. You're very articulate. And uh, but you've got a very jovial spirit within your voice. I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned that to you, but this is what I pick up from you. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a real bounce in your voice that, uh, permeates positivity and radiance. Um, so you're just really lovely to talk to, Dennis. Well, that's wonderful. Likewise, I'm sure. I, I like that. I, yeah, I mean, I, I was always the guy. I mean, I, I, I retired after 30 years in General Motors. And I don't talk a lot about my day job because it was always something I had to do every day, but it never, I still had another job to do after that. I was never, uh, sort of your, I mean, I wouldn't even say factory workers are stereotypical, but a lot of people think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost all the friends that I had when I, all the years that I worked for General Motors, they all had something else going on in their life besides just coming to work and going home every day. So I, I tended to, to hang around with the guys who were playing in bands or, or, you know, the artistic kind of guy. So, but yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of like when I finished because I retired from there and I retired young. I retired at 52. So it was like, Oh my God, I'm finally here. I can really, really be exactly who I am. And ever since that happened, now I don't know if that's partly because of the fact that I'm retired and, and I do have a, a decent pension. I'm one of very few and very fortunate and very, very grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm the guy that went and did that job for 30 years <laughs> to, right. in order to get that, right? I knew exactly why I was there, and that was one of the biggest reasons. So now I can sort of sit back and enjoy that. But, yeah, my life since then, I never thought I would be this busy. Uh, I never thought that uh, the time would sort of, you know, pass slowly, and it's not passing slowly. I still wake up every day and find that I don't have enough hours in the day to do all the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've always been somebody who could talk to people. You know, I've always had a lot of friends. 
I've always been sort of the guy that people would come and talk to when they wanted to confide in somebody. So I guess I sort of parlay a sense of trust. Um, yeah. And and I am a trustworthy person too. I I don't mm-hmm. exploit other people's problems. And obviously, going through the addiction thing was a very very difficult thing for me mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people never knew. Right? I was one of these guys you would never know. You would, you would never know I was using. Um, because I, it didn't really change me. It, it was just by virtue of, uh, you know, hurting. I, w- I was the very stereotypical opiate addicted person where I hurt myself bad, slipped a couple of discs in my back, uh, went on a painkiller regime for several months and then couldn't stop. Quite simply could not stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of empathy for people who are going through that. And then of course, like Paul was mentioning before about, uh, the uh, fentanyl patches like this just breaks my heart. We've had we've lost several young people in our in our district, uh, in our area here, uh, from kids that are smoking these patches and and it's just it's ripping me apart. It really is. It just kills me to see, um, you know, uh, you as a parent. I have three kids who you know two are still in university and one is already finished. Thank God they're all healthy. Thank God none of them. I've ever had any trouble that way, but as a parent, how can you not be concerned about this all every Absolutely. day? Absolutely. Kind of right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I try to share that experience with people and say, look, you know, you've known me my whole life. Yeah. Do you trust me? Yes. I went through this. You know, mm-hmm. whatever you had in your mind of what an addict looks like, get rid of it because it could be your kid. It could be your father. It could be your mother. It could be your sister. It could be anybody and they need help. And as right. long as they think you're going to be angry at them or you're going to have some kind of a negative disposition, they're not going to open up to you. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I, yeah, we try to parlay on the show is like, look, man, you, you got to stand up and be who you are. And if you need help, stand up and ask for the help. It is there. You just need to tell people that you need it. And, and you'll what, like you say, set your intentions. And just watch what happens. It's amazing. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say bless you for that because if I had to do the same thing over and over for 30 years, I think I'd be, like, fighting an addiction myself. (laughs) A lot of guys, well, I I know. It goes without saying. A lot of people that uh, did the work, and it doesn't matter. Whether it's repetitious work, whether it's stressful. I mean, the businessman that, you know, has to go home and have, you know, he started out when he was a kid with his buddies having a couple of beers every night, but now he drinks a bottle of scotch. And his excuse is, well, I have all this, you know, more responsibility and, and I have this and that. Well, it is what it is. You're, if you're an alcoholic, you really, you know, you really are ignoring the fact that there's another whole life there in being real. Absolutely. Um, and again, I don't criticize. I understand what it's like to be in the throes of addiction and I understand how difficult while you're in that bubble, it is to recognize that you may be the person with the problem, not everybody else in the world (laughs) right and what's lovely about this dennis is you know i i don't by any stretch of the imagination uh pick up on any um anything in your voice anything in your commentary that speaks to judgmentalness or judgment i think what you had to say about the children and and this could be anybody in your life and it doesn't necessarily stick out as a sore thumb people can feel things very well people get very good at hiding things um so i want to say thank you because that that is a very important message and it's something that people need to take note of not everything is you know a walking target for this is my problem 
You know, yeah. things, things yeah. get submerged, things get suppressed, and uh, people play a part very well to hide what it is that they're grappling with. And that could speak to any form of issue, not just mm-hmm. addiction. So we are, we've got four minutes left, Dennis, and so mm-hmm. I would like to give you a I'd like to give you an opportunity to uh, have people, if you could share with people where they can find you. Well, we have uh, the beeve.rocks essentially is the brand. Um, there was uh, we, one thing we didn't talk about very briefly was the fact that uh, we were asked to stop using City of Cortha Lakes Radio or CKLR because it was, um, there is another CKLR. And also Paul, tried i mean we have done due diligence in everything we can as far as the laws and he is a uh, member of the um, the disc jockey association of the country we spend he has to spend extra money on every piece of music we've done everything we can to be completely and unadulteratedly legal um and having said that we uh my point is we want to expand the brand the entire brand is now based on the beef dot rocks it's got little to nothing to do anymore with uh, city of Quartha lakes radio because we can't really even call ourselves a radio station so much mm-hmm. um, so yeah we are now moving into a place where we're going to become multimedia so the people that want to advertise through our website and stuff we're going to be able to do stuff with video uh when we bring you know for example if we bring somebody in and they have a product they want to talk about or whatever we're going to be able to show you know the product working almost just like a television station except you know, except it's it's webcast instead of uh, instead of on a on a television network. So that's Fantastic. where we want to take the brand. Fantastic, and every, yeah. And everything is under the Beeve Rock. So if you go to the Beeve uh, it'll give you a link to everything that we have. Whether it's our Facebook, um, the Twitter, all that stuff now is all centered around that. So. Okay, well, Dennis, I want to say thank you very much to you and to Paul Wilson, who had to uh, depart from our show, but uh, for his contribution today and for what you've offered us, Dennis, I just want to say thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I will continue to follow you, and uh, I'll be sending you the podcast shortly. You can uplink that to upload that to all your social media outlets, but for my listening audience, I want to say once again, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to join me here at uh, the Contact Talk Radio Network. I'm Lisa McDonald, your host with Carpe Diem. I go live every Friday, 11.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Should you have any show topic ideas or you would wish to maybe potentially appear as a guest on my show, you can certainly reach me at my website, lisamcdonaldauthor.com or you can reach me through email, lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. I look forward to touching base with you next week. Dennis, have a lovely weekend. Love to you and your family and to Paul and Paul's family. Wish everybody my best Have a fantastic weekend. Lisa McDonald from Dundas, Ontario, Canada, saying see you next Friday. Bye-bye. Bye, Lisa. Thank you. you. Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.